I'm just Karen. Welcome to Cheetah Cheetah. By now you'll know that Cheetah Cheetah means ambition in Bahasa. And we will be interviewing Dr. Elaine Kim at Treehouse, a co-working space for working parents at Orchard Road in Singapore. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the two new companies that you've recently started? Yeah, absolutely. So my name's uh, Elaine Kim and I am a, a doctor by profession. I actually do palliative care. I look after terminally ill patients in their homes and, and elsewhere. But uh, I guess I have another life outside of being a doctor, which is um, being an entrepreneur. And um, I've started a few businesses in the past and my experiences in starting businesses and being an angel investor actually led me to start a um, non-profit social enterprise, it's called CRIB mm -hmm. and what we do is we empower women to become successful entrepreneurs. We do this in a variety of ways, we address the issues and challenges that female entrepreneurs face and we help them um, with their business networks, for example, through CRIB Society, which is our first program. Uh, we help them to get funding, so we help female-led startups um, meet potential investors uh, through our Pitch Perfect program, and we have a network of uh, close to 100 high net worth individuals, family offices, angel investors, and VCs who form what we call our Angels Club, Crip Angels Club, who we help, um, who are all interested in investing in women-led startups. So we do some matching for for help to help women raise funding. And we also have a Crip Equip, which is our, um, it's almost like an incubator. So we have a lot of workshops, training, um, resource networks, mentorship, and coaching. Um, for example, we have a program at INSEAD, um, MBA coaching. Um, and this equips and trains female entrepreneurs with the skills that they need to be successful in their businesses. Um, it's a non-profit, so we also have a charity arm. That um, that that you know helps and supports uh, nonprofits, charities, as well as um, uh, social enterprises that are trying that are started by women and supporting other women and children. So, so yeah, so so that's crib, and that's kind of how I started crib. And on the other hand, I've got another big baby or big project in that's treehouse, which is the space that we're in right now. And what Treehouse is, is the first co-working space that is created especially for working parents. And so what we are is, we're, uh, our first location is in the middle of Orchard Road, but we have a fully equipped co-working office with all the facilities that you need in an office. But right next to it, we actually have a childminding um, creche uh, where you can put your kid for childcare and learning and launching a nursery program and we have a lot of enrichment programs. It's just a very nurturing, wonderful space that you can put your children in so that parents can work in close proximity to their children. And we're the first space of such a kind and probably in Asia and um, only a handful around the world. And so it's a really exciting concept that we believe is the future of work for working parents and the future of education. So, so, so those are two of my 
big projects right now, I guess, crib and treehouse, and um, yeah, that's what keeps me busy. Absolutely. I mean, what made you, or what gave you the inspiration to go from, you know, a very noble profession in, in medicine to kind of have the confidence or bravery to start up two new businesses? What finally tipped yeah. you over the edge? Um, well, actually, I still am practicing medicine. Oh, wow. Okay. So I work part-time, just part-time as a doctor. I still see patients. Um, but I guess that I've always had this entrepreneurial business streak in me. Uh, even when I was in medical school, well, deciding where to go for college, I was really deciding between medical school and business school. Mm. It's just that I figured you can, you know, you can be a doctor first and then later become yeah. a business person. But it's really hard to be a business person first and then later on become a doctor. So yeah. that's how I guess I ended up um, doing medicine and I'm really glad that I did that. It's it's. Um, still my profession, still my profession, still something that I find great, really meaningful and, and um, that I will always continue doing but you know that I've had all these business ideas and a lot of it stems from um, problems and issues that I face in my own life and wanting to address them and having an idea for a business that would address these issues, that would create a positive social impact help the lives of other people by solving some problems and these are problems that I face myself. For Crib it was an issue as a female entrepreneur and the challenges I face. For Treehouse is um, you know, uh, addressing an issue that working parents face because I'm also a mother. Uh, I have three children. Wow. So, <laughs> so I, I definitely, you know, understand very intimately the needs of a working parent and the, the, the tug between wanting to really be an involved parent and spend those crucial formative first years with your, with your child and really enjoy being a mother and, and spending quality time with your kids while at the same time wanting to be successful and driven in your career and, and really making a huge impact through your work. And I really do believe that it is possible for working parents to prioritize family while at the same time being successful in their careers and so what we need is to facilitate the ability for people to do that and I think Treehouse is one such business that is really able to in a very game-changing way allow working parents to be able to say look I'm really successful in my career I prioritize it I'm very ambitious but at the same time I'm not afraid to say that I want to spend time with my family and prioritize it and I can do it by working at Treehouse. So yeah. So you mentioned, I mean that's lovely, I mean that's a lovely sentiment to have a very important issue that's facing us uh, across the world. You mentioned quite a few times working parents. Do you have a lot of fathers that come to Treehouse with their kids? Yeah. Are you seeing that shift in Singapore? Absolutely. I mean I definitely have, you know, People think that most of the parents that are going to be working here are going to be mothers, yeah. but actually 60% of our members are women and 40% are men. Okay. So we've actually got a really nice mix of men and women. Because if you walk into any other co-working space, pretty much it's going to be very, very strongly skewed towards men, right? But yes. we've got a very lovely space with uh, involved fathers as well as involved mothers. And, and in fact, um, I've the pleasure of actually 
having my husband, who also has an office in the space, okay. and our kid is in the space, and so the whole family um, can can be in the space and utilize it as well. So, so that's 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 really good. Um, so, do you have any plans to roll Treehouse out globally? I mean, I'm sure New York or London, you know, a lot of cities need this kind of service. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, we're already looking. Uh, we've had a, already a lot of interested people from around the region who've approached us and said that this is something that we really need in our city. Um, you guys need to bring it. So we have huge global ambitions for Treehouse, mm -hmm. actually, um, to really create a, a change in mindset, to really change people's impression of what the workspace landscape looks like for parents and for work as a whole and um, and yeah we're already currently in talks about opening a second location in Singapore we've actually only been open for a little over a year okay. um, so we're starting with a, a second location in Singapore but we're also in um, talks with some joint venture partners in, around the region so we're looking at wow. um, potentially bringing the treehouse concept to um, Kuala Lumpur, Jakarta, Hong Kong and um, yeah, other places beyond that as well. So, yeah, we definitely see this as a huge need. Um, our first place was a, was a proof of concept, just to show yes. that there really is a demand and a market for this sort of thing, and um, to sort of prove the business model as well. And we've done that. We started it, we launched it. Uh, we've been pretty much at full capacity for uh, the last six months. So. It's time for us to, to really bring the concept elsewhere because we know that there's a huge need for it and people love it. Yeah. Um, and in terms of um, the kind of people who are working at Treehouse, are they in jobs that are quite flexible? Are they working through their paternity or maternity leave? What is it that allows them to use a co-working space versus them actually physically having to go into to yeah, work? Exactly. So when we first started out, it was mainly um, freelancers, entrepreneurs, small businesses with uh, from early startups or small companies, um, and obviously people who are from these backgrounds have have control, full control and flexibility over their time, and are able to enjoy being in this space at uh, hours that they choose, and that's yes. a real real benefit. But we really wanted to bring um, this mindset shift and, and change in the workplace environment um, to other people as well, to corporates. So yes. as of a few months ago, we've actually launched a corporate membership program where big companies like large MNCs even yes. can take up a corporate membership. So these are for companies that want to provide, so they understand the need, the, the way that the workspace landscape is going. They understand that working parents want to have more flexibility to be able to spend time with their children in formative first years. They, they don't want to be at an office desk from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and see their kid for half an hour before they go to bed and um, you know it's just miss those crucial first few years that you have with your baby or your yeah. small child. They also understand that for companies these companies may also understand that um, there's a whole new generation, uh, the millennial generation and younger workers, who really prioritize flexibility, flexible work arrangements, yes. um, and 
if they don't adapt to meet, and I mean, to, in this day and age with, with technology and everything, having flexible work arrangements, remote working, telecommuting, they're actually so easily achievable. And um, if I think companies need to realize that they need to move towards providing these, otherwise um, it's hard for them to recruit and retain talent um, yeah. from this next generation of, 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 of uh, uh, who are joining the economy. Um, and so for companies that want to provide these sort of flexible work arrangements, yes. but they don't necessarily want to have a cr build a crash in their office. They don't necessarily want to build a nursing room in their office. Yes. What they can do, and also, also they may not want necessarily to let their staff work from home, yes. because no matter what, your productivity does indeed drop if you're working. So, so not true. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you have two kids, you know, trying to Netflix, uh, you. Netflix, 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 women who are transitioning after just having a baby coming back from maternity leave and they don't necessarily want to come back to a full-time role and this is when you lose a huge number of women from the workforce four months after yeah. four months of maternity leave right so so you know they could allow some of these staff to come back on flexible work arrangement they could allow parents who may sometimes need flexibility um, with their children and emergency leave care and so on and so forth or you know, they might have a, a more gig economy type practice that they're moving towards where they have freelancers or, or other um, teams that can work flexibly out of a, a, a co-working uh, co space. And so they can take up a corporate package and membership and let their staff work flexibly out of, of Treehouse. And, and, um, and I think that solves it's a wonderful solution for providing sort of benefits to your employees and flexible work arrangements and, and also have benefits for your own company because you maintain productivity, you retain good talent, you you have happy workers who are actually more productive because just sitting at a desk from a certain hour doesn't mean you're actually working, right? So I think also productivity is, should be tailored to when your productivity is peak. Right? So if you're just sitting at a desk and not doing anything, it's not accretive to, to the company or to the employee. And so we really should be moving towards a work, workplace landscape where you're judged not on how many hours you're sitting at an office desk, but more by like the, you know, it's more outcome-based, performance-based, results-based, and um, judging whether a person's good at work based on exactly how much they're producing. One of the things I was going to ask is, um, how have you gone about um, getting people to know about your business? Have you had big conventions, mother and baby shows, parent shows? Like, how have you let people know about this innovation? Well, um, actually, we've not really spent any money on advertising mm. uh, or marketing. So, most of our members here have come through word of mouth. 
and also just by virtue of the fact that it is such a novel concept and such a much needed one, we've actually had a lot of press that's been just coming in mm. to us without us actually seeking it. So we've been very fortunate in that way. I think we've been featured on, you know, the BBC and uh, Channel News Asia, Straits Times, Business Times, uh, various uh, magazines and, and so on and so forth without actually seeking it. So we've been very fortunate. It doesn't hurt that one of my co-founders also owns one of the top PR marketing companies in Singapore. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that probably helps somewhat. And so we, um, yeah, we've actually, but I would say most of the people who are in the space, they came because somebody who really loves this space yes. can't stop talking about it and they've just heard about it through word of mouth. So, so yeah, so I think, um, yeah, We've not really had a huge need to really go out there and, and spread the word, but we will. As time goes by, as we um, go on with our expansion, we are also starting to bring in proper marketing team and are looking at uh, ways to, to get it out as we uh, start needing to have space to fill again. Because right now we're, we're kind of full. And so if you move to our new space, we will be filling it up again. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, well, so um, I was going to ask, what do you think the barriers that women face in terms of entrepreneurship are? Like, you started Crib, what, but what kind of problems is it solving, or problems that you yourself face in terms of entrepreneurship? So, it's, um, you know, I, I think that there are, I have to first state that I do think that it is really a good time to be a female entrepreneur right now. Mm -hmm. I think uh, in the past it definitely used to be a lot harder and there's just more awareness and and um, awareness and um, support for female entrepreneurs. Hopefully a lot of it being brought by ourselves in Crip yes. as well. <laughs> um, but I think there are a few main challenges. I think one of it is uh, lack of confidence. I think uh, just culturally the way that women are we are not encouraged to really tell our stories, sell our success. Uh, there's this humility that women are expected to have, and so they cannot talk about. It's not, you know, uh, approved of when you sell yourself and talk about your yeah. successes. And so it ends up being that there are very few stories you hear out there of successful entrepreneurs, and thus fewer fewer role models. And research has shown that women are much less confident than men um, when asked if they believe that their startup or business venture will succeed. Oh. So that lack of confidence, I think, is a, a huge stumbling block that stops women from going out there and achieving what they want. This is somewhat related also to, I think, the second big issue that women face, which is a lack of funding. So again, studies have shown that women get about 40% um, Female-led startups get about 40% of, of initial funding as compared to male-led startups. Mm -hmm. And VC funding that goes to women-led startups makes up only 3%. Oh, less wow. than 3% of all VC funding goes, goes to female-led startups. So there definitely is, just by the numbers, an mm -hmm. issue with the amount of funding that women are getting. And Harvard had done a, a study once where they had a woman and a man pitch the exact same pitch to a group of potential investors 
and the men would get a higher amount of funding than, than the women, better feedback than the women. And the same thing, if you look at the number of loans, um, when a woman and a man go to a bank and ask for a loan, a woman, a man was much more likely to get the loan, and even if a woman gets it, it usually is a smaller amount than a man would get. So it's a real bar. It is. I mean, there definitely are some intrinsic um, gender biases, even mm -hmm. if it's a subliminal and may not be noticed. I mean, just the numbers show that there is definitely an, an issue with, with, with women getting funding. So I think that um, that's something that we're trying to just at least help to level the playing field a little bit by bringing on more um, investors interested in women-led businesses, showcasing more women-led businesses, and also getting on growing the, the angel investing startup ecosystem, um, angel investing ecosystem, and bringing on more female investors. Because I think that's a huge issue is that when all the um, people on the investing side of the table are men, and a woman comes with a, a business that is directed at women, men, it's hard for them to understand it and therefore fund it. So if you have more female angels and VCs, I think that will help the ecosystem as a whole. So that's probably the second issue, uh, which is funding. And then the third issue is just the, I think, cultural expectations of the gender roles of men and women in general. I think women are still expected to be in the household, um, caring, caregivers in the household. Men are still expected to be the breadwinners. I think that is becomes an issue also when you start having a family, and you know you are expected to be the one at home looking after the children. It uh, you then have that issue of how a woman is going to balance um, work and life, and and um, that's related again to why side of house. Which is generally a question people don't often ask men, how are you going to balance being a father and a cook Absolutely. and uh, doing your job, so that's implicit bias in that as well. Exactly, exactly. And you know, I mean, I, at the same time, I mean, I, I'm not against gender roles. I, I think if, if a woman wants to say that I want to be a stay-at-home mom, I embrace it, I love it. Absolutely. Or if a, a woman says, I want to be a full-time working mom, that's great for them as well. But I think what, what needs to happen is that women need to have the opportunities to be able to achieve whatever it is that they decide for themselves. So if they were to say, I want to be a successful career woman and reach the pinnacle of my career, there shouldn't be something stopping them from doing that. Same thing if they want to say, I want to be a successful entrepreneur and you know, really grow my business and scale my business. Again, you know, there shouldn't be an, a cultural barrier or a you know a societal barrier to them be to towards preventing them from achieving their full potential and achieving their dreams. So I think that's what what we need to address. Yeah. Thank you all. Thank you very much. It's a very positive note to end on. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and we wish you all the best with uh, Treehouse and Crim. Thank, thank you, you so very much. much. <laughs> and that brings us to the finale of this week's episode. We'd like to thank Elaine so much for talking to us today and look forward to working flexibly at Treehouse very soon.